Hey, this is the Art Confessions with Danny and Diane, and every week you're going to hear us talk about all kinds of things in the art world. Hope you enjoy. You'll hear our opinions, our thoughts, and everything in between. Stay tuned. Hello. Your phone's on properly. Hello? What's up? <laughs> Nothing much. Nothing much. Just a long day. It was a long day. Yeah. Did you start working uh, like in the schools yet or? Uh, tomorrow is my first day back in the schools. Ooh, la la. Okay. So it was a long day today. Yeah, I was just running around trying to figure some stuff out, going from school to school. Uh, it's really, oh my god! It's really, it's really a terrible process right now. But uh, you know, <laughs> oh my god, I can imagine. I can only imagine. Oh, oh my! Everyone's goodness. disorganized because of COVID, and there's missing so many teachers. It's, it's really overwhelming. Uh, I mean, there have been de better days, but today was really a good day, so we're going to take it day by day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a good day. I got some really good news from work, so Ooh. I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, would, I'll tell you about it later. Yeah, I, I was about <laughs> to say, would you like to talk about it now or later? <laughs> No, well, I mean, the only thing I can say is that I'll be working on a really big mural project in Montreal. That's I'm excited to hear more. I get the, I get the yeah, inside scoop, happy. you know? Yeah, well, it's because it hasn't been, like, announced, so I can't say much right now. Oh. Oh, bless you. It hasn't been announced. Okay. Yeah, I know. He's, like, he's got some major... <gasps> oh, jeez. Oh. Another one. Yeah, he's got some major allergies here. So, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, you'll all hear about it pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So, this week, we are talking about something that is both dear to our heart. Yes. As artists. Colors. Colors, colors, colors. Oh, how do I love colors? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, it is quite honestly the first thing that you learn as a child. Mm. And I think as an artist, you keep learning about colors every single day. Absolutely. There's so many different facets to colors that sometimes we don't really think about. But it's, I mean, it's used in various different ways. Like it's, there's, there's oh, color yeah. psychology, there's, uh, you know, marketing uses colors in a specific way as well. Oh, totally. I don't know how what you want to add in. How? What do you think that? Oh, is? Okay. <laughs> I'm giving you. I'm giving you a little like. Yes. Uh. So what? Like what I when I think of colors, I think a lot of uh, about like color field artists. Mm -hmm. So artists that basically only focus on colors when they create their work and that it's like the main subject like that is the bee's knees is the colors and like not only that but in print 
like when we think about silkscreen, uh, colors are the most important thing. And there's like an entire class on color theory in printing because essentially when you print, especially in silkscreen, you're using like such a very thin layer of the color that the transparency of the color reacts. So like, let's say you put red on top of the green, well, you're going to see where it was. You're going to see the red or the green that's under or on top because it's going to be like this brownish color that automatically reacts in your composition. So color is such an important aspect in, in, in general, like you said earlier. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's funny because you think about it more in relation to how artists use colors primarily and I think about mm -hmm. color in the way that um, it'll, well, yes, you do think about it in the way that it'll evoke an emotion, but I primarily yeah. think about what does the color represent and how do these colors like coincide with each other, which is similar to what you're oh, thinking yeah. as well. But I think we have two different approach approaches to color, but ultimately it always comes mm -hmm. down to the same thing. Yeah, like, I mean, composition, that's like a main thing I think that we both work with. And I think it would be uh, like negligent of an artist to kind of omit that. But I think colors are like the most important element when it comes to composition, for sure. Absolutely. And that's not even like emotion wise, like that's, that's like something else entirely. So if you don't mind, I was going to talk about color field artists a little bit. Go ahead. I'll talk later on more about uh, color psychology because that's something I really am into. Mm. So I'm going to be talking mm -hmm. a little bit more about the color psychology. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Very interesting. So uh, color field artists, uh, the two bigger ones that I really love is like Mark Rothko and Helen Frankenthaler so those are two color field artists and like color field artists like I just said earlier their main point is colors and the most important thing you should remember is like these artists work on very large scales they put an emphasis on colors flatness and brushstroke gestures action in in the overall like consequence of the paint on the canvas so they'll work with transparencies like they'll wash down the paint sometimes they'll work with complete flatness but essentially it's like one one giant work that has an impact on you due to its color mm -hmm. and like like you've said like I mean, color and psychology work very much so in this element even. So I remember having a, a professor in university that would tell me that Rothko really had the most amazing paintings. And the reason why his paintings were so amazing is that they were such like gigantic scaled art, mm -hmm. like these huge wall length paintings that were really just like blocks of color. And he would, he would work with the transparencies and the hues of the colors. Mm -hmm. And he would make sure that the colors were like in contrast with each other and complementary with each other. 
And the combinations that he would use would create such an emotion and like just a reaction out of the public that a lot of people say that they're very, very like emotional in front of a Rothko painting. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a Rothko painting in person? In person, no, I have not. And I Mm. feel like I'm missing out on a lot of it because when you see it just as an image, what I find that a lot of people around me, when they're like, oh, I could do that, right? It's like two colors. (laughs) It's like, like, I know, I know. And, And that's the thing. It's like, it's the theory behind it that a lot of people just don't see past it and they don't actually know like the mm-hmm. relationship with the colors the hold the transparency and even like there's uh, the texture and the brush stroke that they have behind uh one of the colors like usually like he, he'll be there's also texture within the it's not just a slab of color yeah. there's also texture going along with it and the way that he blocks them off yeah. It's really interesting. And to see it in person, I can't imagine what I would feel had I seen one. They don't have it at the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts, do they? No, they had one, but it was like, I call it a study. It wasn't really a real Rothko. Like, it was super small. Okay. It was the biggest letdown ever. (laughs) Like, I remember... I remember walking by it, and I was like, what the hell is this shit? Like, I was so... I was so disappointed because like a Rothko painting, the entire point, like I said earlier, is its largeness. Mm-hmm. And like you want almost like the color to hit you in the face because it's so big, you know. Yeah. But it was it was literally like a 24 by 40. Yeah, it's pretty. Like it wasn't very big at all. Like very It's small, small in comparison to what a big artwork that it can be displayed in, in a in a museum of course and not just that like if you want a color field painting like it it just doesn't do it justice Mm -hmm. it really looks like like it was like a sketch or like a test before doing the actual painting you know yeah but uh but like that's my own personal preference i do like larger scale especially if you're doing color color field you want that large scale. Like it, it's just, I don't, I feel it's inevitable. Well, you know, when I was, um, I always worked on smaller canvases. I, roughly when I had first started, it was roughly around 16 by 20. And then it, it became larger as time went on. Although yeah. when I was in university and we we're doing um, abstract, we were forced to be on really big canvases. And at first, yeah. it was super intimidating. However, throughout the course, I realized that big scale canvases are extremely important because, yes, it does create that sense, that feeling that you're actually in the painting. You know, you're getting a, a real emotion through it because they're almost as large as you are. So it's like mm-hmm. you, Absolutely. you and the painting and you're having this relationship with it. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's uh, I I really truly think that it's like a, if you're going to do abstraction I think size really does matter and it's kind of a shame when you do a smaller scale but that being said you can do really interesting things on very small scale uh, canvases it's just it's it's harder it's really hard it's much harder I agree 
I agree. After after being on a very large scale canvases, I realized that you have to. It, it's harder to actually do um, an abstract on a smaller scale, but also at a larger scale, there's more room. You have to think about the composition more. I find even more so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's like, there's the entire idea, like, I think a lot of people, like you were saying earlier, oh, um, I could do this, you know, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of color theory behind color field paintings. And color theory is super confusing. Because yes, fine, there's like the regular, like the circle with the red, blue and yellow. Yeah. Right? Like, I, that's simple. All kids learn that. Like, I get it. But the more you go into color theory, the more you're playing with hues. Yeah. And, like, you can think it's just a regular yellow. But if you, you try to, you mix the color and you run out of it, you have to get that exact same hue of yellow. Because if it's too red or too, um, like, if it's, let's say it's more of a, on the greenish hue instead of the reddish hue, that could totally balance off your painting. So it's really important that you understand those, like that theory, to create a good color field painting. Mm -hmm. I I really like Helen uh, Frankenthaler's uh, work. I find that it's really interesting because she worked like Rothko. Obviously, almost everyone has been exposed to the image of a Rothko in one way or another. Yeah, but. I think people don't know it, but yeah, for sure. Well, if someone would see an image of it, if we would ask them and they'd be like, no, I don't know who that is. That's just because they yeah, most exactly. likely don't know the name of the artist, which is totally normal if you're not into art. But if we would show an image, I'm sure that like 90% of people will be able to say, oh yeah, I remember seeing that somewhere. You know, it's very, uh, it's easy to identify like you've seen it before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although a Frank, what do you like about? Oh, sorry, sorry. what do you like about the Frankenthaler? Well, what I like about her work is that it almost—it's abstraction and it's and it's uh, like it's about color theory, absolutely. But I find she really works with um, shapes in a different way. Like Rothko, he works with the, the blocks of color, and usually in yeah. two or three. But Rocco, mm -hmm. I find it has more of an expressionism, like feeling, like, um, like yes, there is thought put put into it, absolutely, because you have to think about color theory. But I feel like there's an openness to it as well. Like there's more uh, experimentation, which I really, really with with Frankenthal. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you find more expression with Frankenthaler or Roth? Frankenthaler. Yes. Okay. Yes. I agree with you on that. 100%. And that's why I prefer, and I, and I find it kind of uh, dainty, her work as well. Oh yeah. It's so delicate for sure. Which mm. brings me back to like the idea of, I, I don't know when she was born. She was, uh, okay. Well, she, I don't remember. I think, I want to say this. I don't. I can't remember if it's in the. I know. I think. I think it's in the fifties that she was popular. But mm, well, I just. I, never I just remember. Put it up here. She was born in nineteen twenty-eight, so it must have been around the fifties. 
wench. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and it brings me back to that idea of like you know the housewife and like that dainty kind of like aesthetic of uh, the housewife in the 1950s, mm-hmm. but yet here she was creating like this really um, epic kind of art, but in a really feminine mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Well, she was just, she was using it in such a different way, right? Mm-hmm. So she was making like these washes and going directly on the raw canvas, like all things that she was pushing boundaries, essentially. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm a huge fan of hers. And she probably, I feel that she really worked transparencies, like in the most beautiful way that now we use in like I see it more like in in silkscreen and in print I find transparencies are really beautiful Mm -hmm. but Frankenthaler did it in painting and like she's like probably my all-time favorites when I think of transparencies in painting Mm -hmm. and Rothko and Rothko what do you like the most about Rothko um for me it's size like I think that he was like the first to create to kind of like Picasso, you knew that pink was like his his happy phase, blue he was sad, but that was like the basis of the basic knowledge everyone knew. So, oh, the blue period, why are you sad right now or whatever? Whereas Rothko made you understand that a lot of colors, like a red, can be very sad if you add a lot of blue to it and it has almost like a like a purplish tinge to it so he made you realize how colors can can have emotions in a certain sense or not they don't have emotions but can make you feel emotions yes and even like the the conversation between two colors Mm. how they can create emotions yeah absolutely I actually uh, one of the one of my studies when I was uh, in university, I was thinking about it, um, about the relationship. So I created different shapes and I really thought about which colors I was going to put next to each other. And it was about relationships, about relationships of the shapes together, about relationships of the color. And that's what a lot of uh, people who are who don't create art, they might not always look at it in that sense. And maybe I'm just like generalizing. Mm-hmm. But usually someone who has a little bit more knowledge about art will look at those different aspects of it because it's important. The colors do talk to one another on the canvas and it creates that whole emotion. That's what makes a piece whole. If something is off, Mm -hmm. a color or shape, et cetera, then it's not going to evoke the same emotion that the artist might want to convey. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know what, like, I think you're right. But there's also this theory that I, I also had a professor that said this to me once. And she said, if the person who has the least experience in art doesn't see much in your work upon a body of work with other artists, Mm -hmm. then you're missing something. Because she said, good work anyone can notice it it might not be your cup of tea Mm -hmm. but a good artwork you kind of know when it's good 
and that's where like in color in color field art your your margin is so small for a good work because it's what a couple of colors but if you have that right color combination mm. you can guarantee that there's a lot of people that are going to appreciate it but we're in a world where there's a lot of bad art too you know like c'est la vie yeah it's because a lot of people i find now are they're either starting an art career uh, and they're trying to try to start something new and i mean it takes time for your artistic practice to actually develop right so it's mm-hmm. something that is learned over the years like I, i look at some of my old work and i'm like wow this is bad <laughs> this was bad <laughs> but we all yeah, yeah, yeah we all had to start somewhere no we were all like leonardo da vinci's what are you talking um, about i was you know what you know what happened actually the other day uh someone asked me i'm like well i'm like anyone could draw you know it's just about about the amount of time that you want to put into it and, and yeah. this person honestly told me they're like I really thought it was something you were just born with. And I was shocked because yes, there's some people who are inherently just have that artistic approach to life. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just in them, but still at that, even them, they need to study. They need to put in the hours or else they will mm. stay the same. So I told her, <laughs> I told the first time, like, she's like, I'm not even able to draw a dog. I said, Take a pencil and a paper and I'll show you right now you'll be able to do it in 10 minutes just put in the time. You know? Yes. Well, that's the thing and I completely agree with you on that. I think everyone can draw. Yeah. I Are you kidding me? Everyone can do it. You just don't have any interest. Exactly. Like everyone can do math. You just need to put your your mind to it. It's not you know like it it frustrates me to no end when people are like well you know you were born to be an artist i'm like i chose yes i was probably like more inclined to be an artist because i had interest to be an artist but like if i would have had the interest to be a doctor i just had to work at it and i would have been a doctor exactly like it's I don't believe like you just said like I don't believe that you're born with this kind of like sense of an artist and you're just melodramatic and able to draw, you know? Yeah, it's really it's really funny. It, anyone can do anything. It's just about the amount of time that you want to invest in it. Are you are Absolutely. you willing to invest? Well, if not, okay. Well, it's it's bad it's bad statements when it's said like that way because then that's what we're teaching future generations to say oh well you know if you don't have it in you if you don't have that spark well then it's not for you anything is for you that's so fucked up i know it's crazy right i think about it that's so awful i think about it sometimes and i'm like it's just about how much time you're willing to invest are you willing to put in the work well then you can achieve it you just need to maybe put in more work mm-hmm. than you realize <laughs> Absolutely. I mean like don't get me wrong. I grew up with that. Like my mom was like, "Well, you know, you just don't have it, you know? Like you're not able to do like a realistic face." And I'm like, "Five? Like what do you mean, mommy? Like it's just 
it there was this notion and it comes from a very long time well not even that long ago it just comes from another generation yeah the generation that was before us i think yeah well a little bit more the boomers before like the the xers you know the boomers boomers. yeah Yeah. Mm, definitely so i want to hear the psychology of color because i can talk about color theory all night but that's a little boring I'm pretty sure so (laughs) so tell me tell me a little bit about what you know because I feel that a lot of artists kind of tap into that color psychology without really understanding that they are doing that yeah so color psychology in general like even even painting your house okay so if if you are painting your house uh there and I'm not sure where I read this article, but it was a while back and it stuck with me. And it was said that couples that have that have like a, a room that's yellow will argue more because you're agitated in that yellow room. So, mm. so the yellow color will evoke agitation. Mm-hmm. And actually pink rooms are really good for concentration. So children who um, they'll perform better in pink rooms and the aggression actually subsides in a pink room. So um, inmates that were violent, they would paint the rooms pink and they became less aggressive. That is awesome. Isn't it? I love that. That is like the perfect thing. Like now I have sufficient like uh, research to be able to convince my partner to paint a pink wall. Like I would love that. Pink is calming. It helps concentration. It helps with, you know, like aggravation. That is really good. So pink is a really great uh, color to put on the wall. I'm kind of sick of it because I grew up with pink. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I grew up (laughs) in a really pink room. And although it was cute, I was... I always prefer to go towards purple. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's say purple. Hold on, let me get my facts open here. <laughs> so usually purple is uh, is associated with uh, wealth, royalty, because if you think about, um, if you even think about religion, and I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. so at Easter, um, the Pope would wear purple. And yeah, purple and gold. Yeah, purple and gold. And it it signifies wealth and royalty, but it also signifies like mystery and imagination. Mm -hmm. So purple was always my favorite color to go towards. And only after reading more about psychology that I understood that it was more about the imagination. Because even as a child, I would, you know, do a lot of imaginative things in my room. And I needed a purple room. And everything has been purple since. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my room has been purple since I was about 15 years old. And it's still purple to today. It's just different shades of purple over the years. <laughs> 50 shades of purple. 50 shades of purple. That's what it is. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, so there's different ones here. Look, there's... Okay, so there's even colors. Uh, psychology as therapy. So mm-hmm. red is used to stimulate the body and mind and to increase circulation. Mm-hmm. Yellow is thought to stimulate the nerves and purify the body. 
Orange is used to heal the lungs and increase energy levels. Uh, blue to soothe illness and treat pain. And indigo shades are uh, to alleviate skin problems. You want to hear something really funny? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've always loved colors and like I've always been obsessed with colors ever since I was a teenager. And when I was 16, I got the first time like in my life that like my parents were like okay so we're changing your room so now you can you don't have to be in the room next to us anymore and I was going to go in the room like down the hall in my parents house and I was like oh that's so awesome they're like you can paint it whatever you want and now that you're saying all this I researched which colors would help me really yes and I remember I took orange Mm -hmm indigo and blue well that makes a lot of sense (laughs) I know I had horrible acne so the indigo makes sense and that was like my accent wall and then I had an or two like three orange walls um and I had the blue ceiling wow you went all out yeah well it was like a light blue ceiling so it was very light but it was a blue ceiling it would have been really cool if you could have painted clouds like on the ceiling with the blue. I know. Well, that was my first thing. Like I was like, can I paint clouds on the ceiling? And my parents were like, uh, hell no. <laughs> Already that we're giving you the the right to choose your colors. Like, come on, please don't take a mile. <laughs> like it, that was pretty much it. But I remember like that was I had researched which colors would help me perform, calm me down, uh, like you name it. Yeah. Well, it's really important. I think that a lot of people, um, they don't really think about colors and the way that it can affect them. So like, I actually have colored lights all around my room, uh, my house. Mm -hmm. And depending on, you know, what mood I'm in, I'll change the, the color of the lighting and it actually helps me perform better. So mm-hmm. let's say if I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling very anxious, I'll put on the blue, um, the blue light and I'll put on like piano music or something that is very calming. And immediately after 20 minutes, I'm calm. Mm-hmm. The red light is the only one that I'm very careful that I don't um, exceed too much time with red light because I find that color just naturally makes me feel more aggressive. And also, yeah. it, it doesn't help with the um, inflammation. So if you have inflammation anywhere in your body, like it's not good to have too much red light. Mm, okay. So mm. green would actually help because, uh, you know, green cancels out red. So if you have yeah. inflammation, also green is good for you. So there's a lot of, mm. yeah, there's a lot of different things that even marketing, if you think about marketing, the way that they use color, so if you think about like uh, logos, yeah. So if you think about how what could you say uh, McDonald's? So McDonald's is yellow. There's Best Buy, uh, UPS. Those are all the yellow ones. Those usually yeah. signify uh, warmth and clarity. So and uh, optimism in general. So if you think about McDonald's, especially when we were children, you thought about how happy it made you feel, right? You saw the big M, the big, the big yellow M, 
and you were and you were just like so excited to to be there so mm -hmm. that optimism And there's also the fact that when they, what, like, when you were in a McDonald's, I think there was, like, a lot of orange and red. Like, an orangey red and, like, a yellowy orange. And uh, the re they, they would combinate those two colors and do that combination because it would make you more hungry. Yes, that as well. Absolutely. And, like, they would do that, like, with their ads when you went to the McDonald's. Like, all the walls were like that. And it, it really was, like, to play on your psyche to go and get more Big Macs or whatever. And I remember reading that when I was, like, a teenager. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucked up. I know. But that, that's the thing. is a lot of things that we process that we see on our day-to-day -day life. Anything that has to do with advertisement, they play with color to invoke emotion. Right? Yeah. Like, banks do it, too. All banks, almost. Almost every single bank is greenish. So Desjardins, Green TD, or Blue. Uh, yes, exactly. I know there's Scotiabank that's like red, but the most important ones in Montreal, it is like TD, Desjardins, uh, and like the Royal Bank of Canada, which is like blue and gold. And BMO. So, and BMO, which is blue again. Yeah. So it's like, it's all these colors. Green kind of shows like, pros like health. Growth. And And, um, and growth. And growth, exactly. And, like, that's what you want. You want to be healthy and have a lot of money. And what brings health? Well, money brings health. Like, so they, they play on that quite a bit. Yeah, and the blue is, like, uh, trust, strength, dependable. Exactly. So that they're a dependable company, that you can trust mm -hmm. them, you know. So they really, really think it through. Actually, I had seen on TikTok that there was someone scrolling through um, the Pepsi logo. Like they have mm. pages and pages about like uh, how the swirl in the Pepsi logo, how it resembles a smiley face and each one is for a different emotion. If you actually go through that whole thing, you'll see how they really play with even just the shapes and the color to make you feel a certain way. Of the Pepsi logo, yeah. like all the Pepsi logos that ever existed, is that what you well, mean? Well, uh, not that ever existed, but the one that they, I think they currently have, I would have to check it out and and find the link because I saw this on TikTok. But they're actually scrolling through because it's a branding, it's branding. So and every mm -hmm. brand has like the reason why they have it a certain way, their logo or their colors, because that's part of graphic designers' job, right? Mm -hmm. So they go through and um, you'll see, like, I would have to find the file to show you or, and I'll try to find the file for those that follow us on Instagram, that mm -hmm. the swirl resembles also um, a smiley face. So in different ways that the swirl is redone and then they have like this Pepsi world, they make it like into mathematics. That's how in depth they think about their logo. Of course, of course. It, it's like a mad scientist kind of thing. Hey, sorry about that. No, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's normal. We're using internet. We're not in front of each other. So it's bound to happen once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so to recap, we were just saying how it was almost like mad scientists. And they were basically like kind of 
designing these logos like as if it was the end of the world like it, their life depends on it to sell the most uh of their product and they're using color to do so yes of course of course, of course. <laughs> Um, there's like one other thing I really want to say, and it was, it was really like the importance of all colors and how you need all colors for it to work. Mm. And that's like in print. And that's something that we, people don't necessarily un, like realize in silkscreen. It's really like cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And that gives you all the colors that you need. So when you would print something, as long as there's essentially blue, red, yellow, and black, you can create these like hyper-realistic images. And that's how it prints. And that's like ink that comes out of it. And I think that that's really interesting that we create, we create these images based on that. Oh, I really got scared for a second. I thought I was hearing water come out of my washing machine, but it's just the rain. So sorry about that. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Hey, poor timing. It's, it's okay. Things happen. There's worse things in the world. True. So uh, we were talking about how in print you need absolutely these four colors, which is blue, yellow, and black. And with those four colors, you can essentially do like the most hyper-realistic works ever. You're talking about Simiac or RGB? You're talking about Simiac. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because... Well, RGB is, like, another red version, green. if you will. Well, it's because there's... um, It's for print, because when I think about, like, digital artwork and when you're actually printing something, and this was something that I had to mm -hmm. actually uh, think about two or three times over, is when I'm converting files from Simiac to mm -hmm. RGB. So yeah. RGB is only for the screen you'll get all of the colors that um because the, the screen will be able to have more colors than the printer if you want to print absolutely it has to be in simiac which is cyan yellow magenta and k for black so if you're if you're not yes. properly converting uh files well then your colors will be off so let's say for me that i work on the computer which is usually RGB, uh, and mm -hmm. my files will be converted into Simiac when they're being printed. Well, I need to make sure that the colors are going to be close to one another, so when it's being printed, that there won't be that much of a difference. Yeah. So it's really important to know the, the two, the two different ones, because when you're on screen. And when you're printing, they're not going to be the same because they, they just cannot create the same amount of colors. No, and it's different colors too. And that's why it's also like Simiac is cyan, magenta, yellow, and yeah. black, right? So it, it really is like a specific blue, a specific red, which is a magenta, uh, a specific yellow and black that creates those colors. So it's not... a it's hard to, to do that with RGB because it's red, green, and blue, I believe, right? Yes, red, green, and blue, yeah. So you have, like, it, it's, like, almost like a, I was looking, like, at an image, and when you do use RGB, the colors are just more vivid than you would with 
uh, Simiac. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But that being said, I think that it's really interesting to like see how, like especially silkscreen, when you have like Simiac, it's literally little dots when you think of like printing in that mm-hmm. sense. Because it's like a little red dot, a little a little a magenta dot, a little yellow dot, a little um, blue dot, and a little black dot. And the way that they're placed next to each other, so some are overlapping, some are not, and that's what creates the entire image, like pixels. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly like pixels. And uh, that's that's the thing is that it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of uh, Chuck Close's work. You know, when it's yes. so it, Chuck's closest work is the best representation of how an image would be printed out just at, yeah, at a larger exactly. scale. If if no Absolutely. one knows Chuck Close that is listening to this, please do yourself a favor and see the images on Google, one from afar and one close up and just see the difference. Yeah. Definitely. I think we should maybe put one in the store. Yeah, I think we're going to put it up so that uh, they'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I have a little confession when it comes to colors. Ooh, do tell. Yes. So uh, when I was a kid, I really truly had no idea what color was what. (laughs) Like I was in elementary and uh, like kindergarten and everyone knew their red, yellow, green, and blue. And I had no idea. And I was that kid who would color like a green face and purple pimples on like the princess. You know? <laughs> like it was really odd. And it was, it's just cause like, I didn't know colors. And which is very funny because fast forward, I'm 18 and I get like my first job that I had for a really long time. And I was working in the paint department at Rona. Okay. And the paint department for people who don't know what that would be, it's like in a department store where you get your paint to paint your walls. And this is about the same time that I started CJEP in fine arts. So I was painting all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> and I became like the color specialist at my department. Like clients would wait for me to come back from my break just so that I can help them with their picking of colors. Sometimes they, a lot of times, like if, someone had chosen like I don't know a beige and they went home and they started painting their wall beige and then they were like oh no that is not the right color it's too pink with the lighting they would come back and instead of like having to buy a new gallon I would try to tweak it for them and I started getting like known for that (laughs) to a point where like I would get tips because like I would, like, save them eight gallons. Wow. Yeah. So that was, I became, like, the color specialist. That's really awesome. Yes. I was very, I felt very valued in that work. (laughs) Honestly, whenever someone's painting their house, they always come to me to choose their colors. And I'm there, and I'm questioning them. I'm like, like, well, what what are you trying to feel? You want more cool colors, warm colors? Well, what's your furniture going to be like? I'm starting to like interior design for them. <laughs> uh, like see, and that, 
that I'm not good at. Really? At all. Like that is my my apartment is all white. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. <laughs> it's all white because like I'm like no, I want to put like paintings on the wall like when there's too much colors and like I've had very colorful apartments and I like I can't anymore. I rather have just a white apartment. Well, I yeah. understand because I suck oh, but, at it. But you see like it, well no, that's because you prefer to put more artwork on the wall, but a lot of people yeah. they don't put artwork on their wall as much as we do. That's so for true. me like I love color, but I keep all the majority of my walls are white and black like a black accent mm-hmm. wall but then I'll put a lot of color on the black wall yeah so it's different because we're lucky enough to always have art around us because we produce art so half of the time we could just put up our paintings on the wall yeah but a lot of people don't have that luxury and so the color on their wall becomes all that they see right Ugh, that seems so depressing. Yeah, I, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not uh... going to get into that aspect at all, because I could get on to that for another, like, 10, 15 minutes, guaranteed. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was my little confession. Well, at least, at least you did learn your colors. <laughs> yes, I did. I eventually became quite good at it, but, yeah. It really did take quite a long time. And even, like, in high school when I was, I wanted to go in art. But, like, I chose the weirdest color combinations. And to my defense, I think they weren't that weird. It's just that it wasn't, like, what people would choose, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't want to explain it. Like, most people would be like, oh, you're using green? Well, then I'm going to use indigo and blue. And you're going to work off of that. Me, it was like, oh, there's an orange here. I think I'll maybe use some purple and then maybe a little bit of brown and it was it was so weird but those colors work together you were using your but you you were using your instinct but you see that's what it was you also like that shock value like you were saying I think an earlier episode where you did things almost as a shock value but in that you learned things about it anyways which it was part of experimentation which is so important in the art practice but I do have to say, like, it when I was choosing colors, it really wasn't, especially at that age, it wasn't for shock value. Like, I truly thought those colors were nice together, and I like them, but, like, I didn't understand that other people didn't. <laughs> that's when, you, that's when so, you only know your own perspective, and then you realize that there's so many different ones afterwards. Of course, and like as a teenager, you're so axed on your your own feelings and all that that you don't really realize it. You're like, what? You you don't like that? Why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, do you have any confessions or? Um, none at the top of my head. So it's either they're a really rep- repressed or b there are none. <laughs> <laughs> Colors. Oh no. <laughs> Well, I mean, this was a very, I love this episode because I love colors so much and you know that. So, I mean, it was hard with internet, but I think it's still really good. I hope everyone enjoyed this. And if you have any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to contact us on our Instagram, Mm -hmm. uh, The Art Confessions. 
And uh, you can follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Awesome. All right. So have a good evening. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye.